Hey, babes, it's Lala Kent. With Ran, we are back. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And to those of you who drank, happy motherfucking hump day. I hope you get lit for me. There you go. Because it's been one hell of a week so far. <laughs> Randall knows why. Yes, it has been a week. Uh, you're not going to bring this up. I mean, Monday we shot the main titles for Vanderpump Rules. Correction. You, and, you shot. Well, hold up. Not really. <laughs> so Randall had asked me if it was a cool idea if he did main titles. Now, keep in mind, it wasn't they like... They asked me. Correct. And then you came to me and said, like, what do you think? Right. It wasn't, I originally thought it was like they were going to give Randall a title card, you know, where he'd be like spilling drinks in the opening credits. Which we said no. That was definitely never going to happen. That cannot happen. But come to find out, it was like just the main shot, like the group shot where it's like Vanderpump rules. Here we are. There's like 20 people. Right. So you did it. Well, hold on. Let's let's go through the process. I was having a meltdown because I was like, this is a lot. And then you, you know, you and everybody else who we talked to thought, oh, my God, it'd be fun to be next to you, blah, 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 blah. So I got the courage up to accept the kind invitation. Correct. I didn't know what it really meant because um, I've never been in part of anything like that. And so I went to the Sir restaurant with you. Correct. Walked in and everything was like tented. So it didn't look like Sir, like when you go there and have cocktails or no it was like a set it was like a set totally there were there were were tv cameras there were still cameras there was makeup and hair it was it was a big production i didn't know what i was walking through i think if i knew that i probably oh you thought we were just some like mom and pop show yeah i don't think that (laughs) i think that (laughs) you didn't expect there to be like real cameras i didn't think there'd be like a crew of 35 people i mean it was big and i walked in i was like if i knew it was loud i probably would have just stayed home but i thought i'd just come in and be like a still camera we just knock out a shot and go home so right away i walk into uh, well, you walk into hair and makeup, and then the guy, the guy was very nice. I don't know his name. He was like, he's like, just sit here, Rand. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you for giving me a seat. But I didn't know that meant I'm going to get hair and makeup because that's right. what he meant. So then he just starts caking stuff on my face, and I'm like shell shocked. And then we sit there together. And anyway, the next thing I know is then we're lining up for a photo. And I'm, all I'm saying to myself, I didn't tell you this, but all I'm saying to myself is this is like, a bar mitzvah photo. That's what I try to think of it as. My bar mitzvah photo. And I was like, this is my bar mitzvah photo. These are my family and friends. Watching. And, and the director is like moving everybody around. And I'm just like, this is brutal. But it was it was really neat to see your world. Like how big it is. I mean, it's much bigger than I think people realize. Like, I think it's much bigger than you realize. Because if you remember, it wasn't too long ago. By the way, we have my fiancé's best friend of a hundred million years, Mike Burns here. Hi, Mikey. He's just patiently waiting. Yeah, we have, we, we didn't sell people, but we have Mike Burns, the director of your movie. Out of death. Yes. And, and, and But he's looking like he wants to chime in about how his friend, look at him, he's shaking his head. Okay, back to. No, no, he's coming to the next segment. It wasn't long ago yeah. that Randall, I would be like doing the show yep. and Randall yep. would blow me up like, what are you doing? It's like, I know you think like that Like the I'm, first year I had no clue. You had no, no idea. Clue. You know, it's like he, so yesterday and throughout the season, he's seen like, oh, these people, like they're like living their real, life. real lives. And 
she's actually busy doing <laughs> that. And yesterday, how long did that did that main picture take? Oh my! We we arrived at four forty five, and we didn't leave till nine o'clock. That that's like that was intense. And by the way, I, yeah, for the last three or four years, I, I know now the the deal. But the first year, I was like, oh, you're going to film, and I thought that'd be like an hour, and you'd come back like eleven hours later. It's like. It's your real life. They they follow you everywhere you go. They do they, all these things. It's pretty. It's pretty intense. I, I I give everybody on this show and all reality shows after seeing a little taste of it, a lot of my hats off to you because it's long days and you know you guys are really good at what you do. I just. I like, mean, we must have been standing there for three hours straight, just trying to get everybody's facial expression perfect, their movement, their setup. I probably got on and off the same chair. 14 times yeah. to lift it with boxes before they were like, can you, everyone's now perfect. Lala, can you somehow try to get off the chair again and just stand? I'm oh like, my God. It just didn't stop. <laughs> it's a grueling day. It's long. And by the way, and then you after, just thought you were going to roll in there, get the shot and dip. No, they told me this would be a quick thing. No. And then after we did this one big group photo, I, I got to leave and you then had to go do your like slow motion little the solos thing. And that you didn't even get home till my call time was four forty five. You didn't get home till one. One in the morning. That's that's enough for for one shot. I mean, they, I gotta say, it is an art. The show is awesome. It's really cool to watch. Well, all the people that are creating the main titles are geniuses, and like they look at every little yeah. detail. You know. And then we had to keep our eyes open. They kept saying we had to close our eyes and open them. They have hold them full for five fan seconds. directly in your face, and they're like, "Keep the eyes open, keep the eyes open." They're just like burning your eyeballs to crisp. I am petrified to see this because I am by no means like you guys as models, and, and you know, we're all basically like retired actors, model actors. Yeah, and I'm a middle aged. Uh, person <laughs> looks like your grandfather in this picture so there you go <laughs> maybe my dad not my grandfather definitely uh, you could be my dad though okay thank you um <laughs> so anyway i it was really neat to be part of it i i i really never thought they asked me did you ever think you would be here and i said absolutely not but lala is very persuasive and very uh opinionated and so therefore somehow i ended up there so and it was it was neat to see you guys do what you do and i'm always taking my hat off a show that's been on I say this, I say it to Lisa, I say it to all the cast. You guys have been on the air for nine years. That is a huge accomplishment in, in, in television, whether it's scripted or unscripted. It's a hit show. My hat's off to everybody. And congratulations on another season. And, and I can't wait to see you and hopefully not a lot of me. But there you go. Okay, moving on. I love it. There was a time that Randall was like, I will not do the show unless it equals out to be you know, like X amount but, of but, dollars. But you, right? rem- but you remember. And now here he is. No, hold on. Time backwards. You know that I said that because you know, and I know that we had that conversation. When we got together that I was never going to appear on the show. Right. And then you about three years in were like, babe, will you just show up a few times? Just, just because I have to show my real life and, and you're part of it. Right. Well, like I can only be a girl in her late twenties taking her top off. <laughs> For so long before it's like, we need to show like what my life is really like. Like I have someone at home. It's like, right. Can and you so just you do me a solid. And you were really smart because you said to me, we'll just go with Jack and Brittany to dinner. We'll just go to the wedding. You get, you know, Lisa Vanderpump is smart. She's like, darling. So my point is, is that 
somehow you guys got in my head. <laughs> Told me it'd be three or four times that I have to appear. And now you were great though, Rand. You added like such a lighthearted aspect to the show. You know, I'm just gonna say that I never thought. Uh, you know, you guys made it fun for me, and the the, the, the few times that I do, you know, sh- you know, come on with you, it, it it's always kind of been a fun setting, so that made it easy for me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm excited, and congratulations on another season. Of Thank you, Vanderpump Rules. In, in sadder news, still Bravo related, obviously, because I don't know anything else besides Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, this is sad news for you. BravoCon has officially been canceled for 2021, which is crazy i know and can i tell you sucks it does suck but i was talking to sheena and we were both freaking out about number one leaving our babies behind for four days and two we both are still breastfeeding and to have to pump regularly and also not feel you know never in my life have i ever thought that the saying don't cry over spilled milk it could not be less true well i also think don't cry over i'm gonna cry over spilled milk so if i'm pumping in new york for BravoCon, i need to save that shit so that was a whole thing between sheena and i like how are we gonna save this how are we gonna package it and get it back home and then i was thinking about it like thank you bravo for keeping us all safe you know by the way and that's that's what i wanted to say is that Obviously, BravoCon is such a big fan-friendly event. I mean, I went the first year to support you, and everybody wants to mingle and talk. And, right. And clearly, we can't have that right now with, with COVID and the Delta variant. Yeah. So, you know, my hat's off again to, to NBC, Universal, and Bravo because it wouldn't have been safe. And I think this was the right call. And so, at the end of the day, there will be BravoCon again. Right. And, and, and we just have to wait till next year. Yeah, no, I was definitely happy that their focus was to keep us safe. And, you know, we went to World Dog Day this weekend. And I, even though it was outside, like, you get a little nervous. I have a baby at home. Other people have babies at home. Like, we all have families. And there were people that would come up and ask if they could hug me. And I I was straight up. And I'm usually never like this. No, you're you're always like, you're a hugger. I'm a hugger. And I'm usually, even if I don't want to, like, I'll still do it. And. World Dog Day was the first day, yeah. first time ever that I was like, no, no, I'm sorry. But right now, it's a it's a scary time again, and it's been a scary time. And we thought for a minute, you know, like with the vaccine that, you know, things were really had turned. And, and now here we are again, you know, in a, in a really scary time again. So we just all have to do what we have to do to stay safe, keep everybody safe. Um, and I'm just praying for the best for everybody because, you know, it's a it's a really odd couple years that we're that we're all living in so so anyway i'm excited because today um we're gonna cut the break but i just want to say our next guest is mike burns michael burns who i grew up with in miami we'll talk about how he and i found our love for film together and the and the irony we have a story to tell and we'll tell it when he comes on about the irony of fate and and i do believe in fate and i do believe that fate has a big role in our lives at least that's what i believe and he does too and we'll talk about fate, how it, how we started in movies together, and what happened this year for both of us, and the odds of that. But on top of that, he directed you in your last movie, yeah. Out of Death. That was his first thing. Thank God it was him because I was hormonally like it was. Bad. See, I wasn't there. But are you, are you going to let him be open to t- tell us about yes. your your? Yes, <laughs> I'm totally open. This is going to be going. All right, let's cut the break. We'll come right back with Mike Burns. 
I have been very transparent with you guys about my hair struggles between the pregnancy hormones and bleaching it all the time. I have been having some serious hair issues. And now with baby number two on the way, I'm already being proactive about my hair thanks to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And I am definitely one of those people. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. You can take the Nutrafol hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Because I know we are all different and we're on different hair journeys. Nutrafol makes building a hair growth routine super easy. Purchase online, no prescription required. You get free shipping and automatic deliveries so that you never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Give Them Lala listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LALA. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LALA. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LALA. Have you done your Mother's Day shopping yet? Friendly reminder, use Rakuten. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while you shop. And this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the entire year. You get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. I'm talking Adidas, Splendid, Ray-Ban, Elf Cosmetics, Dermastore, Lego, Stanley, and even Dyson. New Dyson vacuum for me and the new house. Yes, I am treating myself and enjoying some serious cash back. I love seeing those Rakuten cash back deposits in my PayPal account. Rakuten will also send you a check if you don't have PayPal. So join the 15 million members, including me, who are already saving with Rakuten. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You will not see higher cashback rates than these. So go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. And we are back. Okay, before we bring Mikey on, I just have to share what happened a couple days ago that like shook me to my core. I had always wondered what it would be like the first time you see your child bleeding and you don't know where it's coming from because I've I've seen this on TV, like Real Housewives of OC, this woman that did one season, like her kid's hand was bleeding and she didn't she was like, Where is it coming from? Like the blood's everywhere, whatever. Freaking Freaking out. out. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't imagine. So I take Ocean to Jackson Brittany's house and she's standing. I even posted it on Graham. She's standing on uh, like her little play thing. It stands you up, but she can't reach the bottom so that she can move around. So we added books underneath for her to be able to touch. So whatever, I go over, I pick her up. I'm holding her. I'm holding her feet and my hand is wet and there's blood all over my hand. Yeah, that's that's not good. And I just started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, my baby's bleeding. I like rush her to the sink. I'm putting her feet under the water. And then I see that she has all of these tiny little paper cuts all over her feet. From the books. From the books. And I just started sobbing. She didn't make a peep. 
She did not make one peep about it, which made me feel even worse. So that I officially experienced my first time with Ocean having an, a boo-boo that was bleeding. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. That, that, that moment is definitely a moment you'll remember forever because it's like, the you know. You, Speaking of, I need to write it in her book. I forgot. Oh, wait, I didn't forget. I did write it in the book. Okay. I did. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad it was, it was, I mean, I'm not but glad. But then the day was, was great. <laughs> the day ended up being great. Yeah, that was a heavy subject, <laughs> heavy moment there. But, but you know what? I mean, I feel like moms that listen to the podcast can relate though. By the way, it's mostly moms and, and uh, women are demographics. So I think they will enjoy that story. Yeah, they'll understand. All right. To, on to um, lighter topics. Uh, let's pivot. Let's pivot. So let's bring out Mike Burns. Mike, Mike, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, hey. That, that, Hi, was, that, that story was a hard act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so Mike, so so let's talk about a couple things. So you and I, we grew up together. <laughs> Tell people kind of our, our story from your perspective, like where we grew up in you know a cliff note version okay. of just us and our, how we fell in love with movies together and went to college together and things like that. Well, it started when you crashed my fourth grade birthday party. Because I wasn't invited. So you crashed it? He had a jumpy house. So (laughs) so here's a sixth grader jumping in a jumpy house with a bunch of fourth graders. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Right, Law? Sounds about right now. And nothing's changed. (laughs) Pretty much. Same. And I, Sounds I, about I, right. and then and then uh, he he held that against me <laughs> till he was thirteen when he had his bar mitzvah. He didn't purposely didn't invite me because he was still so angry about that. So I didn't get to go to the bar mitzvah. I don't think and it was, I, that. and I'm still a little angry about that myself. <laughs> what a think, grudge holder you are! I don't think that I. We just weren't that close friends. We weren't close. I just happened to have a bouncy castle, and that was and all he, he needed. Wanted in. Yeah, he wanted in. That's it. Yeah, and and the truth is, I did not intentionally not invite my bar mitzvah. My parents controlled the list because I was 12 years old, turning 13. That's Let's true. leave it at that. So That's Leslie true. and Ethan, yeah. you blocked my best childhood friend. You're welcome. So then when but did we you guys become? But we weren't. That we were. we didn't, no. It wasn't until we were 15, no, until 16. I was, no, that was 13 and you were 15. 15, 16. Yeah. I'm saying when yeah. I was in high school, yeah. when we started making films together. So let's. Yeah, let's, we, we pretty much met in junior high. Pretty. Much. I mean, I met, yeah. but like we started to hang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because his sister would, they would go to school together and commute and do all this stuff. And they were in the same theater classes. Your sister. Like your yeah, sister. Yeah. My, my sister. Yeah. yeah his, his sister and I were in the same class, went to New World School of the Arts or Foreign Arts High School. And your sister is on Broadway. Correct. Yeah, she's she's a, a musical theater actress, and she does a lot of Broadway stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Andrea Burns, yeah. Yeah, very talented. By the way, she was offered record deals at like nine years old. She had like the sickest voice. So Gloria Estefan, all, all types of people were trying to sign her at like nine, 10, 11 years old. It was nuts. Okay, so you guys met basically 13, 15 is when you became friends. And did you, did you share the love of creating films? Is that what kind of put you we guys were, together? Yeah. We were both, uh, my sister was acting and Randy was acting and I started acting. And junior high was the first place you could start taking drama classes. So okay. we all kind of were yeah. in the mix there. But um, my At dad home. had bought a camera, a video camera. So With the cord that went to the v- VHS machine. It was like machine. The one machine that had all the tapes in it. The other one was a big ass <laughs> battery pack that you'd have to carry. <laughs> It only go like twenty feet either way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like crazy. Yeah, yeah. and I could. I mean, there were there was like forty five pounds that you had to carry around, <laughs> and we had, and we had to film each other like being in the movie. So like. Mike yeah, well, would be we the only had man. two of us, so there was nobody else. And my sister would, <laughs> and, her, and her sister would, yeah, her sister would yeah. play like the girlfriend, yeah. like that broke my heart at the Christmas. But we had tri- we had a tripod, so we did do scenes together, and we yeah. did some fun stuff, and we were just like having fun, just making videos. And but, but we did, we did. I mean, we have we found the tapes, the lost tapes. We do. We have the we, lost Mike tapes. Mike found them. We convert them to DVD, so yeah. we have. Okay, the where where do we watch? <laughs> oh my no, God. you have to, Mike. Can you take the? 
Can you take them and put them so that we can put them on social media? Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. But I don't know they, if they're going to be a good fit for your your social. She, not she gonna, people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? No, we're going to put them on Randall's that. social. <laughs> oh, oh, Randall's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we can do that. Listen, yeah, so, so, we, so here's, the, here's the summary. We made probably 20, 30, 40 music videos, commercials, short films, like anything we could just come up. We use. We would borrow the car in the neighborhood to have the parent come and drive it, roll it up back and forth, like production value. Like we that just, is yeah. so adorable. We and just, we love movies too. We actually got dressed up for to go see Wall Street in like suits with glasses, with the ties, with everything. And we, then and we like we didn't have a lot of friends. We didn't have a lot of friends. We're gonna I, be honest. I can't imagine why. No, we didn't have <laughs> this, a lot. this is the eighties. <laughs> no, it had nothing just, to do with that. No, we just, just didn't have a lot of friends. We were we were. Did artists. you go to New World too? Yes, he, he did. Yeah, he yeah. Did. So then we both. He, then were, yeah, we both. Yeah, we both we both we, we both, both went. went. To, yeah. he, he didn't finish. He didn't. <laughs> well, it's not like he didn't finish Harvard. He didn't finish New World. Who who gives he a damn? Fi- he didn't finish a lot of schools. He started, but anyway, that's okay. fine. Look at him now, thriving. Okay, listen. So so here's what happened, babe. We made like 40 short films. We we and then what happened was he was and really then he left me to go to college and I was all alone. <laughs> no, he was really he was really he was really talented with editing. So what happens? We created the story kind of together. We directed it kind of together. We started, and then he, then I would go home, and all night he'd stay up and edit these things. Which in the old days you had to kind of cut two cut. tape machines. It was and, horrible. You know, pause and all that stuff. Yeah. So he, he made these films into really cool, and it was really fun. And then I went off to film school. He then came to the fa- same film school in New York, and we stayed Didn't our friendship. That one either. <laughs> That's okay. You know, so it's not for everybody. You know, he, he struggles. I have struggled problem with authority figures. <laughs> that's an understatement. You don't like being told what to do. No, that's why. I don't that's why he's a director. That's why he's a director. Oh, so he holds all. Yeah, he. Well, speaking of being a director, you made your directorial debut with the film Out of Death that I was in. Lucky you. <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's pause there. So Lala was six months pregnant. Five. Five months pregnant when she left to go to Puerto Rico to do a movie. And now here's the thing. The movie had it started on time and wrapped on time, not due to a COVID event. You would have right. been in and out in just a couple weeks. Right. But because oh, it got God. shut down for COVID. I was there for a month. <laughs> I was there for a freaking month. So here's the thing. I'm at home. I'm working in the office, you know, getting ready for the next movie. I'm preparing. And Lala's calling me. In isolation in her hotel room. I'm, it's not funny. It's not funny. I'm, uh, uh, it's not funny. It's, it was serious at the time. Right. But now looking back, it, everyone's fu- healthy and safe. We can laugh about it. Yes. And by the way, they were false positives. So it wasn't even it wasn't even a real COVID event in this particular situation. Yeah. But Lala's calling me saying, I'm going to get on a fucking plane. I'm coming and I was like, I'm aborting this mission. Okay, so the film starts. No, well, the, no, no, the, no, 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 no. What happened was is that this movie was supposed to go in April. Yeah. Yes. And that's just, you were like one month pregnant or something like that at that no, point. No, no. Yeah, you weren't even pregnant. June, I, you found out you were pregnant. We found out yeah. we were pregnant in, in July, July. July. So if it was supposed to go in the it April was before. Right after yeah. You weren't yeah. pregnant. That's correct. No, I yeah. wasn't. Okay, so, so there were a lot of push start dates. There were a lot of issues, um, COVID-related events, uh, you know, that... They, then, they treat false positives the same as a positive. Right, so they we, don't care if it comes back. Right. So when, we get a, so when we get a false positive, we have to shut the movie down and we have to retest and we have to trace and do all these things. And in the end, nobody had COVID in this, in this situation, but it still pushed the movie back two weeks. So now Lala gets on set. This is the part I like to hear. So about. as I'm waiting, I'm becoming progressively more <laughs> pregnant, hormonally pregnant, angry. Yeah. 
tell more us, pregnant. Well, yes. more pregnant. Yeah, more pregnant. Mike, tell us. <laughs> from tell, your perspective. Mike, tell us from your perspective how Lala was on some days on her, especially. I, I don't want you to hold back. Oh, wow. This is going to be good because I haven't even heard this. No, I mean, we were, I think we had, we had a couple of, you know, moments, I'd say. No, no, give us that. Be specific. I want to hear what that means. As a director, uh, what is a specific moment? Well, no, I mean, I'd say, um, you know, we were, when, the first one I think was when we were, when I was trying to get a couple of rehearsals in early on, we were trying to block out some stuff. I was trying to do some blocking and Lala had some opinions about doing blocking before. Give us her opinions. What were they? She said, I, I don't really know why. I, oh, she said, I, I don't know why we're doing blocking right now. We should be doing that on set. I've never had to do blocking in front Lala, of you. We were, we were in a ballroom. Lala, but that's part of rehearsing. What do you mean? I don't think we need to rehearse like that. <laughs> Put me on set. Show me from point A to point B, and I'll, I'll fucking tell you what, do though, it. I'll tell you what. That day, though, we did get on set and do that scene. Because we blocked it, I was like, you know, the guys know what to do. Remember, we're here, 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 and it, we we moved fast it. So it did. We it did. did. It did help. Oh, by the that. way, I never would have been like I would have never had I not been so angry just, and hormonal. I would have been like, fuck it, let's do a million rehearsals right. in the well, ballroom. Well, remember, you were also in pain, so you were dealing with the sciatic. I had the you had sciatic. Oh, sciatic. Was so that was. It's hard to do anything when you're in pain. I love that Mike is being so friendly because if I were in his place, I would say you were a nightmare and you were so but, uh, but hold rude. On, hold on. But first of all, you've done a lot of movies. I know a lot of the producers you've worked with and directors that you've done since, you know, in the last five years. And every single director and every single producer gives you rave reviews. So I knew in Mike, Mike's smart. And I, I was, mean, a, and I was a fan too. A from, I mean, I was already a fan of yours from, you know, the road too. I thought you did a, a great job. I was so, that was the first time I actually seen you do a full lead kind of leading type of thing. Yeah. And I thought you were great. So for me, it was just like, let's just have fun with this. And I know you're going to do really well. Um, I just, you know, it, but we just, the timing, pressure cooker, timing, the, timing, yeah, the timing, the, the switch. Because, moving because she would call me, you call me and say, you know, like, I just should be home right now. I should be home. I should be home, you know, nesting and getting ready. But the thing was, you, you know, you're the kind of person law when you commit to something, you never back out. So I know you, you know, you're somebody that wants to finish and see it through and you didn't want to let anybody down. It was unfortunately the movie got pushed so many times that it, it just ran into your pregnancy. The sciatic yeah. nerve the did, did not add, but I'm yeah. so grateful that it was Mike as the director because if it would have been someone else. It was like family. It was, it like, was family. like family and I, yeah. I felt really. Which is a double-edged sword because then you can kind of, you know, you yell at your brother and yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It's a little bit of a double-edged sword, but but I will it's say like that it was hard. It was listen. She had to do a lot of physical stuff, yeah. And she had to like lay down on the grass for like two, you know, in a weird position for pretend she's dead for like a half an hour while another guy's doing a scene that she's not even really. She's just in the background. So it was a lot. There was a lot of things there that were you know a little you know tricky and and you know we you know we were just there was a lot of pressure and I think that you know the, the, you did you did your best to keep it together and and. And I think that, it, you know, because you were pregnant, because of you having the pain, I gave you a hall pass on that one. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And I think still, and I still think you crushed it. I think you did a great I job. And everybody loves you in the movie. People I wish really like the movie. So yeah. now that, so Mike keeps saying that he wants me to watch it. I haven't ever watched a movie that I have been a part of. I watched The Row. Because you went to the premiere. 
You had to. I was. You were sitting in the premiere of the movie theater right. at the row. Yeah. Yeah, so, that was and then situation. it kind of it kind of ended there. I just I don't I don't You've been in like enjoy 10 it. Since it makes, then. Yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable because I critique myself. Like I could have done so much better. And then a lot of actors. It's not a productive. It's not a productive thing. Yeah, you right. couldn't have done any better than you did on this. Movie. Okay. Let me let me let me pivot. And it hit number six on iTunes, which is yeah. great. Four, but who's counting? Four. Wow. Four, four, See. Yeah. Okay. Hot second. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was number three, uh, and number two. Um, but hold on. Okay. So let's just so let's so let's talk about this. So now Mike oh, directs. That's our story. Yeah. Right. So now Mike directs Out of Death, and I um, direct Midnight in the Switchgrass. And here's the funny thing. So both of us are. I'm fifty. He's almost fifty. We both decide to go and direct um, our first features. I do mine and then get shut down in the pandemic, and then it takes a long time to remount it. You start yours after when I'm in post, and I'm actually shooting my next movie that I'm directing. And But here's the irony of it all. We both grew up with a love of film. We both are passionate filmmakers. We both waited decades to make the decision that we're ready to direct. What are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances? This is, this is the craziest thing. Mike brought this up to me, and at first I was like, Whatever, man, it's kind of weird. But then I really think about it. What are the chances that we both have a movie come out? One that started uh, almost a month before. Almost a year. Almost yeah. a year before. Mine, because yeah. it got shut down, down, down. And then his, he did nine months later, whatever. And then they both come out with two different studios within seven days of each other. I'll tell you what and the chances we, and are. And we're in the top ten together. And then we're competing for the spot. Yeah. Well, I'll he's, tell you what he's the chances are. The chances like, are very Low. It's one in a trillion. <laughs> Very and low. It's, it's almost near impossible. Improbable, yeah, improbable. improbable. And then here's the crazy part. I remember when we were both on iTunes, my movie came out on Friday. He was already creeping up to the top five, and he was in at four at this moment. And then my came in at like number eight and when we first launched. And then he starts dropping down because he's already been out and open. He's yeah. starting to go. And then and I'm getting the daily, the, the, the minute by minute update. Right. I'm coming up. I'm coming and he, for you. I go from eight, I go to six, and then he goes to five, and I go, I'm close, but I don't know if we're ever going to get there because I have no idea. Right. And yeah. then he hits six, and I go to five, and I go, screenshot right on the Instagram, best friends. We made movies together. You're so Of course, petty. he waited until he got the five spot, and I was down to the six. <laughs> yeah. See, see That's such that? a random move. And he goes, it's crazy when your best friend is number six, and you're number five in the iTunes charts. Like, no, you know what's I, crazier? You're lucky I gave you a shout out. You're welcome. Oh, a shout out. Yeah. I gave him a shout out. But then Midnight got to three, and I was really excited. But here's the thing. I, I'm, I joke around with the competition, but the truth is we both started movies together. We both love film and we both waited. We both decades. diverged in our past yeah, right. to do. You produced it. You, 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 you were acting and, and, you know, and you were actually maybe considering directing when you went to film school. No, I didn't. I never wanted anything to do with directing until I was a, until I until I was maybe 10 years ago. I started thinking about it. I just never thought I would ever. Me too. And want I, to so challenge myself I have a question for both of you now that you have both directed. Mike, yes. what do you feel was one thing that you thought directing would be like that kind of shocked you that it wasn't that way? What was the unexpected aspect yes. of directing? Yep. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of directing that you, they don't teach you is, you know, how to how to deal with people and how to how to try to make sure that you're protecting your vision but also respecting other people's artistic um uh you know uh freedom really so they right. can really kind of do what they do Randall. i think i think when we were doing our when we were doing our stuff and you know i, I came into it with this like really sharp vision of what i wanted which i think is good but then you got to kind of throw it away and let people do 
what they do. And then later on in the post-production process, you're like, you watch stuff and you're like, oh, okay, that kind of worked. And, and that, that was really cool. Um, so I think that, yeah, just, just being able to work with different personalities and different, and different people who, who need different things, right? Don't right. you think every, every actor is a little bit different? Yeah. Some actors really want to be told what to do and where to be and how to do and, and other people are kind of the opposite and there's just a lot of like different ways that methods that people use to right. be able to do their thing and, and I, 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 you know, you don't know that until you go in and start, and start working with people. You just, nobody so, teaches and, you that. And correct me if this wasn't how it really was, but, you know, you're kind of you know, the head of the entire production. So it's not even just the actors that you have to worry about and their, you know, creative mindset. And like you said, freedom, but you have other people on set that you're also in charge of. Was that well, kind of a shock that it was like, wow, I'm really running this entire show. It was crazy. I actually have a video of myself that I did a little video di diary and I'm like, I have, this is, I'm sneaking away right now because I haven't had like, five minutes to be able to just without somebody running up and saying a question I said I, I guarantee you in the next five seconds somebody calls my name and I literally five seconds later Mike where's Mike where's Mike right so that was new to me and having that uh, you know and having to I mean you you're used to that because producing I'm sure there's it's just non-stop I don't you, think so. so I think it was a completely different experience for you Rand oh, no, from no, what you no. said I think that part of it wasn't as shocking that the, 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 okay. The, so for you, same question, what was like, what was the unexpected for you that you, you maybe had a vision in your head of what directing consisted of and how was it different? I think for me, uh, was, was just the intensity of every minute, you know, like as a producer, I come on and I have to solve big problems, the major problems, you know, like, Oh, we're over schedule. We're, we lost the location and actors sick, uh, you know, whatever the big kind of big picture items, big ticket items. Right. Whereas a director, you're solving every little, little detail. And so for me, I just wasn't used to the constant every second. And here's the big takeaway. I, I went into directing just with an open mind, even though I've produced over a hundred films and I've been on many sets. I went in not expecting anything. I just said, I don't know what this is going to be like. I might hate it. I might love it, but I don't know. Right. And obviously, you know, babe, as I told you, every I called you. I was so excited about every part of it. But I think for me, the part that I that I wasn't ready for was as a producer. After two hours, if I'm ready to go to the hotel and go play pickleball, you can leave. I can leave if I want to go. <laughs> if I want to go back to LA and see my kids or see you, La, I get on the plane and I come. I say on Thursday I'll be home. When you're three weeks, five weeks, six weeks in, and you're like, I'm fucking tired, and I want to go home to my house, and I want to, you know, I want to go to the hotel. Not an option. No. So anyway, there was a day where I didn't feel well, where I only had a few hours of sleep, and I was super fatigued, and I was dehydrated, and I went on set, and you don't have a choice. You don't get to let people down right. when you're in the rest. So I think that You can't me, say, like, today I need no. to sleep in a little. Yeah, because every minute counts on a movie set, and every dollar means something, and after being a producer for so many years... I have such respect for that part of it that I wouldn't do that. And I remember this is this is the best moment I had as a I mean not the best moment. This is the moment where where the producer produced me for the first time in my career. Because I I do the producing and I produce directors. Um one of my producers, I I was supposed to be there at eight o'clock in the morning and I gotten up at six not feeling well, and he knocks on my door, he comes in, and he's like, All right, you ready to go? And I was like, Oh my god, they're sending somebody in to bring me because they know that I, I told them I don't feel welcome. Push it a couple hours. 
And he's like, come on, I got you a bagel. I got your orange juice. I got you some vitamins. I got you emergency. We're going, let's go. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't feel, I don't feel great. He's like, no, no, it's great. You're going to go. We're going to set the shot. Then you're going to go in your trailer. You're going to rest for an hour. And then I'm bring you back out on set. We're going to keep going. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting produced. It's like, it's like what I've done. Right. And, and you know, cause you went, so it's just like those moments were so surreal for me because that's what I did for 20 plus years, you know, with other directors. And so I think that was new to me and not having that, that exit where I could just say, I'm tired and I want to, I've worked, you know, 22 days straight. I haven't had a day off and I want to just go sleep. There's no option for that. And so I think for me that, that was, that was something, but then again, the adrenaline and the excitement and the high. Once you get on set. Oh, it's, there's nothing like you forget your fatigue. Yeah. There's, there's no magic that when you walk onto a set and you get to create for me with actors and talk about a scene and and they challenge you, you know, actors will say, well, why, why, why are you making this decision? I, I, I don't necessarily agree that my character would do it. And I like that part of it. I enjoy being pushed and that, mm. and that's a real artist, you know, actors who are, who, who are incredible art, they're incredible artists and they want to be challenged. They want to be pushed. They want answers. And if they don't believe what you're, what you're telling them, right. Then you got to find a way to convince them that that is the right choice for that character. And if not, you got to be open to their choice. And, mm-hmm. and does it not, does it, does sometimes what they say, you know, when they give me ideas, I'm like, oh, that's, that, I didn't see that. You know, I'm open to that. Let's try it that way too. So I enjoy that collaborative process. I enjoy really, really creating, collaborating on an intimate level, right on set in the moment. And when the magic works, Mike, I mean, I think that there's no bigger high for me. You know, that that's it. That's where I found that level. It reminded me when I first started producing films, you know, when it was all brand new and yeah, and, and all that. So, yeah. All right. I'm, I like to throw this back to you now. Wait, we got to take a quick break before we go to law. I've never directed anything. No, that's not no, true. You direct, you direct me every day. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break and then you, and then you can uh, interview law. We'll be right back. So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part? Zero mess. One step and you're done. The lash style options are endless and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from. Impress, no glue manis, and press-on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes. The press-on falsies have a unique underlash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours. The Impress Manis have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Manis and Impress No Glue Press on Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on 
all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We are back. I really loved hearing your guys' little story of how you came to be and about you guys being in the... Well, the odds of us being friends for this long and working together for this long, is, we're all, uh, that, we're that all itself is... Yeah, is we're, we're I mean, how many people do you know that have been friends and working together Since they were for 30-something years? 35 Three years. of my best years. friends I've known for... Not 35 years, because you're well, only I'm not 35, so... No, but I mean, but also you, working you're in the baby. same field. Same I mean, field. You know. We've been working together for two decades. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's very sweet. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I know both of you, and neither of you are super easy to deal with. So the fact that you... I am a cakewalk. <laughs> I resent that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, I wouldn't be able to say it. Cool. So I'm going to throw you something at you, because I just want to know in terms of... Because, I mean, you, you, you do your character i guess i don't know if it's i'm not a big reality show person so i don't watch the shows and i don't watch the show but i know that randy was a huge fan of vanderpump forever and i know that um you are amazing in it and everybody loves you what's the is it a persona or is it you or what's the deal there i love that question because a lot of people do think like you you this has to be scripted because no one in their right frame of mind would act this way um I think the difference between being on this show, there's like versus acting in the roles versus, that you play. Right. Ver- acting, you know, you hand me a script and I, I get to be very creative with it. And Whereas, you spend a lot of time prepping to be of that Of course, person. I go to a coach. Yeah. But when I step onto Vanderpump Rules and I'm being myself, you know, the only difficult part is you don't get to say this isn't the right time or place, you know, because... That's what we do. We feel all of our feelings and we express them. So there's no gray area. You're black or you're white. And that it's so crazy because my mom always told me as a child, like, please find the gray area in life. I was always very intense. It was always one way or another, and it couldn't be in between. And who knew that that would make a, a reality TV personality? You know, it's like if I am feeling it and thinking it, then I say it and... <laughs> Sometimes no, it's you. It, it's you. It, it's yeah. you. And, and apparently it works. Listen, when I want, when I see you, because I now sometimes around while you're filming, you know, nothing changes. I mean, you guys are who you are. I know you guys, why the camera's rolling. I know you guys when we're on vacation. Right. It is who you guys are. Nothing is different. The only thing that, that happens is you guys are confronting and dealing with your inner friendships right there and, and the world gets right. to watch but yeah, I, I mean, imagine it's harder doing what you do than being on a screen or you know acting where you get to just jump out and be anybody i mean you have to be vulnerable and i mean you're you're on you're on the show now too so i mean what does it feel like when you're just oh well for me it's never going to be it's for her it's amazing when I, sometimes i sit there we joke about it lala and i like i'll be sitting at a dinner table while they're filming and they're having like these conversations or these intense conversations and I feel like I'm sitting on my couch watching the show because I'm never going to be comfortable with a camera pointed at me. It's not. No, what you're I do. a behind the scenes guy. Right, you're right. never going to feel comfortable never. about opening up. It's not my. It's just, it's just not my thing. I I, 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 I respect I, that. But 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 watching them, 
it's like they don't even know the cameras are there. They are just themselves, whether they are getting along or not getting along. And I, I, that's why I say, like, to do what they do and be who they really are, they're the real selves. They're not they, – when the cameras start rolling, you would think, like, oh, they're going to put on a show now. It's like I'm sitting there watching. They are exactly just who they are. It just organically happens. And the thing is with this group is – And they are friends. You get, the other thing I want to say, Mike, that, that most people don't know, and I'm sorry to cut you off. The, the thing that people don't know is – this group, they are really friends. I met Lala, you know, years and years ago, and I've known every one of these people that are on this show from the day I met you, Lala. I mean, they've been in your it's life. It's a real group. Yeah, whether they're whether the cameras are rolling or they're vacationing with no cameras, they are true friends. This group, you know. Yeah, and there are times where we have drama, and I'm like, God, wouldn't Vanderpump <laughs> love to catch this right now? You know, right, like right. it just it never changes, but it's almost like the ultimate therapy because. You're constantly spewing your feelings. And at the end of the day, you sometimes they we make each other better. And other times we come to the understanding where it's like we're going to disagree on this. And is it going to end a friendship or do we just like own that's who this person is? This is who I am. And we're going to move on and just embrace the fact that we disagree on this. You know, it's like I feel like I have therapy, yeah. especially and in our you, interviews. Do you I mean, if you if you have a problem watching yourself in films, do you watch yourself on the they show? They have to. They have to. They well, have we have to. to because then we we go into a reunion where we have to talk about all of oh, our so. behavior and things like that. <laughs> right. So they, they, therefore, like it's part, they have to watch each episode. But are you as critical of yourself when you watch it, when you watch yourself being yourself then, or is it different? No, I think you're less critical about I'm the show. I'm way less critical. Because that's it's, who you are. Right. It's, it's like for me doing Vanderpump, it's not an, I wouldn't say it's an art, you know? Mm. Like when I go and I film a movie, you know, I really incubate that character and try to take it on as my own and if I feel like that's going to be judged as it not being good enough I take it more personally I guess because yeah. I also feel like I I let the role down whereas like if on TV if someone's judging me it's like fuck you this is me like take it or leave it I don't care <laughs> yeah, but, I th- but I think that's easier like if you're on a reality show like you are People are judging they're what they're judging who you are as a person. You exactly. know who you are. You know you're. A good I don't know person. why that's easier for me to digest. <laughs> it's easier for for me to digest them coming for me as a human rather than them coming for like a character well, that I, I'm putting on. I don't think you could do the job. Like that's why. Like when people like I don't think you can be in the position you're in and be so like by a comment. You know. Sh- shook as you say right like i think it would be hard to do what you do and i think you guys have to build up a certain kind of tolerance for people you know coming at for you at, on reality whereas in a movie you you work hard to inter- inhibit a role and interpret a role and then you put it out there and then people say oh well, you didn't do a good job that's that's hard because it's like your artistic work you correct know? so as as a, as a reality star you're being real you're just being who you are so I don't think you get as shaken. No, you know, as, not as, at all. Well, I think you did Good a great question. job on the on the movie. And if you haven't seen Out of Death, go check it out. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> and watch love it. And watch Lala because she is really fun and amazing. And there's, you know, it, there's a lot. There's I a had lot a lot of, of fun with there. that yeah. role. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of both of you guys. You guys both did a great job. And Mike's getting ready to go direct another movie uh, in... October. I just signed my contract with yes. you. Yes. Off you go. Off you go. Off you go. Snaps. Thank Snaps. You. Thank, you. Thank you again. Thanks for the opportunity. 
Okay, so recording. before we sign off, Mikey, thanks for Mike, joining us. Thanks for ha- well, thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, and by the way, Mike Burns' Instagram is the Mike Burns. There you go. Oh, Follow him and check it. out his latest work. Okay, so we have a few voicemails that I want to answer. I love voicemails. Hi, Lola and Randall. It's Gabby and Erica from New Mexico, and we love your show. And we, um, our question is for Randall, and our question is, have you read Lala's entire book? We just wanted to know, and if you sat down and read it. We love you guys. <laughs> My answer is bye. No. <laughs> I read what Lala wanted me to read. I think that was the safest move for me. Um, when Lala was writing the book, I really, really respected the fact that she's going to be a first-time author. And when she came to me and said, I, I'm going to write a book on myself, on my life. And, um, you know, I was very supportive. And I said, is it, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, I wanted to kind of let her have her moment. I didn't, I, I felt like if I read it while she was writing it and the drafts that she had, I might, you know, get a little shook. Yeah. Um, I read, I read, she let me, we talked about me reading the one chapter. There was one particular chapter. I don't even but there was one chapter I did read and I really I just said, OK, you know, it's it's your voice. It's your it's your world. And I think one of the things about our relationship that we've always thrived on is we support one another in everything we do. And I definitely support her in this book. Are there things in the book that <laughs> that I would have preferred she maybe left out? Sure. I mean, I definitely don't think toothbrushes are necessary in the book so can i chime in on that real quick because that was a big headline it's spoken about a lot especially in the show and i'm going to say this without getting emotional the reason i chose to put things like that in the book are because you know i was really struggling with addiction and there were people when i said that i i came out as an alcoholic that really looked at me like why i don't get it And it was important for me to show the behavior that I would display and things that I would do when I was drinking. So even though it made for an entertaining headline, it made for an entertaining story in the book, it went way beyond that. It was like, these are the things that I'm mortified about that I would do when I would drink. Sorry. (laughs) So. It's okay. I love you. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was a dark time, you know, it was a dark time and, you know, life's not always what it's supposed to be, you know, you know, I, I mean, people don't know all the details, but you, uh, you know, you struggle with addiction and then your father passed away and then, it, you know, dark. So, um, I'm very proud of you and who you are today. And yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think when I, I think for me, the best thing was just to support whatever you put out because it was your words, your voice. And I know, I know behind what all that, why you were trying to share that stuff. Um, you know, unfortunately people in headlines want things to, you know, they want what's interesting to click on. How many people can we get to read what I've just written? So I respect, I respect the hustle and the game, but it is important for me to tell you and everyone else that that wasn't just so that it would make a funny headline. This, this was a real life sickness that I'm still battling every day. It will never be cured. And it's important for me to be a sober human being because I pulled some stupid shit. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's life. And, and at the end of the day, I, so I think, you know, I didn't read the book, but I read things Lala wanted me to read. And that's, that's kind of after it was published because I wasn't (laughs) tweaking anything. 
I like this next question. Hi, Lala and Randall. My name is Lauren. I live in the New York area. I am a huge fan. You guys are killing it. I wanted to ask a question regarding relationships. I've been with my fiance now for 10 years. We started dating freshman year of college. And throughout the pandemic, one thing that we've really been working on is how to fight. All couples are going to fight, but eventually, you know, you have to learn to fight the right way for you, for your partner, and and how everybody communicates differently. So um was wondering what you both would say your biggest tip for, for couples would be regarding communication, regarding, you know, what you've learned in terms of how, what is the best way to fight like all couples do. So keep up the great work. So happy for you both for all the changes this year and wishing you all the best. Thanks. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, the second I like heard this oh voicemail, I was like, I don't even think I know the answer, but that's like such a great question yeah, to ask. But I think that even, you know, we've been together a long time now, I think, or not a long time, but we've been together a decent amount of time. I think, it's communication is constantly evolving. It's like that you also you always have to be kind of evolving. And when 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 the communication is breaking down between, you know, a couple, you have to kind of work on that. And you have to say, okay, what can I do to, you know, be heard the right way? You know, and same with you. You know, you'll say to me, I need to be heard, and then I have to figure out. You know, you have to figure out a way to have that conversation with me, and vice versa. So I think that my 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 only advice for people is. You have to really have patience, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of patience, and you have to, you know, you have to be willing to put the work in, you know, and, and I think that, um, I think the easy answer sometimes is, you know, oh, you know, it's just not working and fuck it. Right. You know, that's, right. that's what we do as human beings. I think the biggest thing as well for couples is to not shove things under the rug because yeah. then a blow up happens and there's so much that's you know, been pushed aside that you don't even know the root of the problem anymore. Yeah. And I still think Randall and I are figuring out how to argue with each other and how to hear each other correctly, because we are both the type of people to the second that there's, you know, we're feeling like the other one is attacking the wall goes up and that person immediately becomes the opponent. Right. And that's a difficult pattern to break. And I think, because you and I are like any other couple in the world mm-hmm. where you hit walls sometimes like relationships. That's, a, that's, relationships. Are a, that's what par- I'm saying. And my parents have been it's together. It's a lot of work. Right. So the person you're with, you have to be willing to say, I'm going to fight through everything to make this work. Well, like my parents have been together 50 years and, and I take my hat off to both of them and your parents were together for how many years? 20, 30 30? No, they 20, were they 20. were approaching their their 40. 40. Their, yeah. Right. Okay, when your father passed away. So so a long time. So and you know, one thing I take away from them always is you will hit walls in your relationship whether you've been together 1 year, 5 years, 10 years, 40 years, but the thing is how you deal with it and how you try to communicate and change the the communication like when you and I feel like we're not communicating, you know, or there are things, you know, bothering me or bothering you, we have to have that talk. And right. I think a lot of couples don't want to have that talk. And that talk isn't always comfortable. I would say that our the biggest thing that we've practiced, and I would give this advice to anybody, is for you and your partner to come up with a safe word. 
because in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking and you're only feeling. So it's once you feel like, okay, I'm in this state of mind where I just want to attack or I don't want to hear what my partner is saying, you drop the safe word. You both allow yourselves to quiet. Like a timeout. It's a the timeout. Yeah. And by the way, we don't have it figured out and we're not experts, you know, but, but at the same time, I feel like at the end of the day, you just like, I think the general consensus, because we're not experts on this topic by any means, I think you constantly have to evolve. And, and when you're hitting walls and things are not going the way you'd like them to go, because sometimes they're not going well for both of you. And sometimes they're not going well for one person. You know, sometimes one person's struggling more than the other, et cetera. So I just think you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to talk to each other and be heard and in a way, in a way that your partner doesn't feel attacked. It's so much easier said than done. I mean, perspective is a real bitch. Because perspective is a motherfucker. It really is. It's like the one thing that I sit here and I'm like, God, we all just see the world so differently. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's it's not listen, we 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 uh you know, we we do the work and 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 we're always doing the work and, and some months it's super smooth sailing. Some years, super smooth sailing, and some are, are more difficult. But at the end of the day, you just got to keep talking. But it and sounds like they've been together 10 years. Like, they're they, ride or die for each other. Yeah, and by the way, I, I think at the end of the day, you just got to figure out a way to communicate. And, we and love way, saying at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I'm going to end this podcast. It should be called the end of the day podcast. <laughs> That's my next podcast. <laughs> That's the spinoff of this podcast. I love it. End of the day. <laughs> Um, anyway, that was a really good question. I like that question just because it's nice to see people who have been together a decade who, you know, want to still are trying to figure it out yeah. just like we all are. But my parents, my parents too. And I, and I even remember to having conversations with your dad, my parents, you know, are together now 50 years and yeah. they have days where they're just like, I go, how's, how's my dad doing? I'm not talking to him. Well, <laughs> wait, it's been 50 fucking years. What are you talking about? He doesn't deserve it today. I cook pasta and the pasta. It's not all about the pasta, but <laughs> but he didn't say it was al dente enough. And I'm like, is this for real? It is you guys are 50 fucking years together. I but, know. But that's, you know, that's the same shit. And I remember talking. I used to go to your dad for advice about you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, these two women, you know, oh, yeah. you know, Lisa and you. He's like, sometimes you just got to just let it just let, just it, let roll. it go. Just let them roll. And I was like, that's your advice, Ken? He's like, yeah, I was like. Okay, and by the way, my by dad the way, used I wish, to allow I wish, me and my mom to just tire ourselves out. But that's but that's what he was. That's what Kent used to try to tell me. But it was so new; it was like three months in, and I'd be like, "Kent, that's not the fucking advice I was looking for." He's like, "You'll learn. You'll learn." And you have. Yeah. Now I just quit. I just quit the fight. I just I just like okay, you win. It's just not. It's too exhausting. You I dig it. Anyway, those were epic voicemails. I'm happy about it. Remember, you guys can call in, leave us a voicemail. We'll answer your questions. Just dial one eight six six Lala Pod. This was fun. This was fun. Well, I thank Mike Burns for being on here, and of course, I thank you, Lala Kent, for being a great co-host. And I thank you for being the with Randall to my give them Lala. Thank you guys for listening. What a fucking <laughs> ego, fucking maniac! I love you, and I love you guys as well. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Give Them Lala with Randall, and we will catch you next week. Oh my God, Lala. I love you so much. This is so exciting that I can call and leave a comment and you can hear it. Maybe you'll share it. Anyways, I'm just really happy for you and Randall, for your new baby, Ocean. She's gorgeous. You're doing great as the new mommy. And can't wait to see you on the show here soon. Hope all is well. And 
keep doing what you're doing. You're killing it, girl. Love you, Lala. Thank you so much, my loves, to everyone who has already called in to leave us messages. Please keep them coming because we love hearing from you. Call us anytime at 866-LALA-POD. That is 866-LALA-POD. I mother effing love you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.